0: Today's podcast is sponsored by the Economic and Real Estate Forecast Symposium, which has been the leading event of its kind in the New Orleans area for more than a decade. This two-day virtual event features strategic business information, unique expertise, and new solutions to current and future challenges. The event will take place October 19th and 20th. Hours are 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The Economic and Real Estate Forecast Symposium is presented by Crescent Title and Gulf Coast Bank and Trust, in partnership with the New Orleans Metropolitan Association of Realtors and its Commercial Investment Division. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is Jack Jensen, Jr., founder of TCI Trucking and Warehousing. He's a grad of Holy Cross High School and UNO who has more than 40 years of experience in transportation, logistics, imports and exports, and port development. As a member of the Board of Commissioners of the Port of New Orleans, Jensen is enthusiastic about the port's plans for a new container terminal in St. Bernard Parish. Jack Jensen, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much.
0: First, can you tell us a little bit about your background? How did you get started in the logistics and transportation world?
1: Well, I graduated UNO in 1978 with a degree in business and went applied for a job at the Southern Pacific Railroad a transport company and got the job and started as a dock manager and moved up to sales manager and my my sales job was international sales in the city of New Orleans for the transport company. And, you know, just as as I'm working with them three or four years, I realized this was in 79 and in 1983, I realized that I could actually wanted to work for myself, didn't want to move, wanted to raise my family here in New Orleans. So. You know, we started a trucking company. Uh, one driver and myself started trucking in the city of New Orleans containers. Containers in, in 1983 was was a new thing, and they needed trucks to move containers from container yards to repair yards to railroads to the ships. And you know, that's what we did, and we grew it today. We're the largest trucker in the, in the port of New Orleans. Um, but with that came a lot of a lot of uh, hard work, a lot of working at the port. Um, a lot of cargo being moved and one of our one of my major concerns was we felt like we had to create our own trucking business rather than go to and depend on the steamship lines and the container yards and so in, in 89 we started a bird seed company, that, a company that was importing bird seed from India and Ethiopia and doing about 40,000 tons a year. And it was all 200 containers a month of bird seed we would bring into New Orleans, we'd sterilize it, and then we'd ship it to the, the Walmarts of the world, the, the, the seed companies, the, the Pennington seeds, the, the, uh, the companies that sold bird seed retail. And we had to sterilize it to USDA regulations. We were one of three companies in the world who did this. And today, we're still we're the last company sterilizing bird seed. We're doing about 75,000 tons a year but we do it up in Baltimore because where it comes from, we didn't have direct port service to New Orleans. So I moved that company up there in 92, 93, and we've been up there ever since. Um, we, you know, as, we, as we're trucking along, the bird seed comes in, we move the containers in, and then we truck the goods out to the customers. So that's that's kind of how we logistics and handling. Um, and then of course, in New Orleans, we we started warehousing business today. We have over a million square feet of warehouse space. and. You get the cargo in from these import customers, and 90% of the time we do the trucking out. So it's just a way of us creating our business. Um, in 2006, right after Katrina, and prior to Katrina, we were trucking granite. 20 foot containers of granite would come into the port of New Orleans. And we would deliver them to Memphis and uh, different places. And the, the, the company asked us if we'd be a retail store, and we opened up. Uh, Opened up Triton Stone in 2006, and today we have 26 stores uh, from from Texas, Midwest, all out the East Coast. So it's just another way of us doing the container trucking, imports, transloading, unloading, and selling them to the retail market, to the fabricators and and the homeowners. And then in 2009, we started our uh, packaging company. You know, packaging plastics. Uh, We saw a need. we, We actually went to Houston and. I put a deposit down to rent a building and then I realized that if we would be better sir to do the plastics in New Orleans cuz we would be a big fish in a small pond here in New Orleans doing plastics whereas in Houston everybody was doing it. And so today we're doing you know we're doing last year we did 5,000 rail cars of of of, uh, of plastics. So that's what we do. You know everything everything we do in our business is related to the port of New Orleans.
0: Is the fact that you are moving stuff around for other people over the last 40 years, does that give you an opportunity to see where there's demand and where there's a a potential business move and then you make that move?
1: Absolutely. They were sterilizing this bird seed in New Jersey. And I'm like, we can sterilize it. Why does it got to be in New Jersey? And we called the USDA. We got a license and we started doing it in New Orleans. But one of the requirements was when a ship called, it had to call the port. Right. And then S- SCI line, which is Shipping Corporation of India, decided not to call New Orleans anymore. So they, we said, okay, well, we'll move to Baltimore, and that's that's why we stayed up there. But the plastics, the the, the granite, everything else we do works works beautifully in the poor New Orleans.
0: And the plastics deal you're talking about—that is the facility down there in the old wharves, where you're now taking the plastics that gets made up river and uh, packaging it and sending it out to points unknown.
1: Correct. So what we do the pellets and the PVC powder is manufactured or, you know, manufactured at the river plants, at the river chemical plants from Lake Charles all the way to, uh, into Texas. And they, they transport the, the plastics to New Orleans via rail. All rail comes in. Right. We unload we unload the rail and we, we bag it into one ton bags. We bag it into 20 and 25 kilo bags. And 100% of the cargo we package is shipped for export. None of our cargo is domestic. So when a rail car comes in, I'm shipping three and a half containers out. So if we did five thousand rail cars last year, we brought fifteen thousand containers, over fifteen thousand containers exported on lawns of those five thousand rail cars. So that's the business we do. We, you know, that it's that little bit of hands-on and a little bit extra, extra, extra uh, add-on, add-on to the product, and that's what makes it makes it work for us.
0: Uh, there's something about packaging it. Versus sending it in bulk, that makes it more valuable. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, uh, because the bulk product, you can't get the bulk product to a, a mom and pop store in 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 uh, in Turkey. A, a container can get to everybody's place of business today. Okay. Whereas before, you had to buy a shipload, or you had to buy bulk loads of plastics. And container containerization made made the world so small, able to get the product anywhere in the world.
0: Okay, so that leads me to this next question, which is, when you started in uh, the early 80s, you, the industry looked a certain way, and it's changed a great deal in four <laughs> decades. And what is it about the containers that's become the, the, the important part of this industry?
1: Number one, it's easier to get on and off the ship, because when you think of pre-containerization, everything was break bulk. So one of our big products, this for, for example, one of our big products was bailer twine. Wine that was made in Brazil, rope made in Brazil, come into New Orleans. It would take them three days to offload a vessel. They would stack it on the wharfs, palletize. My trucks would have to pick it up, bring it to a warehouse, and we'd ship it to the farmers. Right. Today, you go to the wharf, the, the, ship, the ship container comes in. They have the container unloaded in 15 hours. The containers, the ship's unloaded in 15 hours. The containers are at the pier. And for the next three days, I'm picking up my, my cargo off the pier and I'm delivering it right to the customers. I got it. It's amazingly efficient um, and much, much more economical.
0: So it's basically the difference between moving from one house to another without any moving boxes versus having moving boxes.
1: That's correct, pretty much.
0: But I didn't realize that containers were, were, uh, something that's happened in the last several decades. I I thought that was around forever.
1: No, it it really, when I first started my business, I was in the international business at the SP in 79, 80, 81 and right then containers really just, just was the cusp of becoming, huh. you know, of, of doing it. So I was kind of right there when it started. And, you know, when I started my business in 82, it was the worst time to get into trucking business because of deregulation. But what I was doing wasn't domestic. What I was doing was international and that was never deregulated.
0: So. Understood. Right, well, this leads us right into this proposed port project in Violet. And before I ask you specifically about that, I just want to ask how is that change and the focus on container shipping? How has that affected New Orleans port, the lower Mississippi ports, how are they faring compared to the other Gulf Coast ports in terms of container shipping?
1: So we're we're lagging. We're we're definitely we're definitely behind the movement of containers. We never, being where we're at, downtown New Orleans, we were never able to bring in the container vessels of any size. We're a 9,000, 10,000 TEU container ship terminal, eighty five hundred t- containers. Today, these 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 the mega ships are twenty five thousand, but we don't want those. The, the fourteen and fifteen thousand ships are the ones that we're missing out on, and those are calling Mobile. Those are calling Houston. Um, so what we have felt was, and with our with the congestion down in the port of New Orleans and bringing and trying to bring in these 15,000 TEU ships to this to downtown New Orleans is a nightmare. It's it's a it's a quagmire of traffic. You know the Claiborne overpass, you know the you know you know what I'm talking about. Three of my trucks get in line at Chapatula Street and the whole interstate system is blocked up. I mean it's just it's just we're getting too large for the for the for the for the, for the area. And then by by moving down to Violet, it gives us so much, so many more opportunities for larger vessels to call. And I don't know if you, in the last two or three weeks, especially last this past week, there was two major articles in the Wall Street Journal talking about the West Coast. The West Coast is, is a quagmire. It is gridlocked with ships sitting in the water waiting to get to the to the piers. There's not enough rail and it's perfect timing for us to have our, we're thinking of having this facility up and running in the next five years, and it would be perfect timing to get that gridlock and to get these ships changed in their method of of routing to get them into the Gulf. And all three of us can strive, Houston, New Orleans, and Mobile.
0: Is the thought that the the ships are getting out there to the West Coast ports, they can get there faster from asia but then they sit because there's a back there's just too, too many stacked up and it's it would be faster to come around and come to the gulf and then get and get distributed that way
1: well now you got the panama canal so they can come to be the big, these big vessels can now come through the panama canal so they really don't have to go all the way around but yes there's ships sitting in the gulf i mean there's ships sitting in off the california coast now for 30 40 days and you saw what happened they anchored out there and they pulled up the the, the oil they had a major oil spill last week from one of these vessels dropping acre an and not realizing where this all line is. Right. So that's happening out there now.
0: Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So they would they would come from Asia, come through the Panama Canal and then get here. It takes a little longer, but then in theory, you know, you can get your product where it needs to go more quickly.
1: Correct. We're gonna have so so we're gonna so and just to look, we're focused on violet. I don't, I don't think there's a race. I don't think we're looking at a race at all. Um, according to what I'm hearing in Plaquemines, it's a totally different product. It's a totally different animal. They're trying to attack, attract to that facility. Um, it, it's not a cargo facility. I understand it's going to be an LNG facility, is what what we've been what I've heard. Um, we're we're not focused on that at all. We're focused on opening up Violet for the to be the major container terminal here in the port in the, in the city of New Orleans. in in Louisiana. We need this facility to handle these vessels. Look, we're going to put in new roads. We're going to put in new rail. I mean, it's a major, major project that will get going down in Violet.
0: Make make the case for Violet. What do you like about that location? Why does that make sense? What's it going to do for the economy?
1: We we already have have road infrastructure that we can get the trucks off of St. Bernard Highway and off of Judge Perez. We, we have a, I don't know if the plan is actually out yet because we're getting ready to go out for a public bid on it, but we actually have the route to take the trucks off of the two roads, give St. Bernard Parish a third ingress and egress from the parish. Um, this road, it, the, the plan is to make the road a toll road for trucks. We will pay a toll to use this road. Of course, somebody's got to pay for it. And the amount of containers that we feel that the amount of trucking we're going to be doing, it'll pay for itself. Um, that's number one. I mean, it's closer to the mouth of the river. It does not have to be dredged regularly. It's a natural 50-foot draft. Um, Coast Guard approved the spot. And what we're doing now is waiting for Corps of Engineer permits. I mean, and and all of the above, it's going to... will keep the smaller vessels coming to the city. And these larger vessels will call... All new business will call violent.
0: So... St. Bernard residents, some are concerned about the environmental impacts, the increased truck traffic, the potential neighborhood blight. One of the more vocal critics said, and I quote, go to any city that has a major port and look at that neighborhood, it's destroyed. How do you respond to people, including, you know, the St. Bernard Parish Council, who are saying they don't want the terminal in their backyard?
1: You know, I can't speak to the St. Bernard Parish Council, but as a whole, but the three or four that I spoke to individually were all for it. So there's a, there's a different voice speaking, I assume. The Port of St. Bernard is for it. Um, the Port of St. Bernard is backing this. Um, I don't think the land next to the port of New Orleans is blighted where we're at now. So I, I disagree with that every place you go to a port, the land is blighted. It looks, I do a lot of business in the port of Baltimore. And we're right at downtown Baltimore, just like New Orleans, and it's not a blighted area. I don't, I don't understand exactly what he's talking about, and where we're going, it can't get blighted. It's nothing but open land.
0: The, the Plaquemines folks, you said it's not a race, but there has been a juxtaposition of these two projects a lot in the media. Plaquemines port officials are saying that hey, their pop, their their location has less population density. It's going to have less truck traffic why do you think the violet location makes better sense for container shipping than 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 the plaquemines location
1: so so let's let's say let's say we were both after the same amount of business same amount of customers same amount of containers i don't know how they can say there won't be any truck traffic it just you can't have you can't have ships calling a port without truck traffic um there is no there is no major arteries to and from plaquemines for trucks there's certainly You certainly cannot run a port without a railroad. Um, They have a railroad right now that has to travel through the streets of Gretna, downtown Gretna and unit trains are a hundred cars a train. They would have to move four or five a day at the volume they're talking about. You think the city of Gretna is gonna allow that? There's, there's There's a regional planning commission study done that's about a five-year-old study that has to be redone and nobody will pay to get the study redone to move the rail into trucking and i mean i was at the rpc meeting with with the west bank developers or the west bank business people and there's just there's no there's no infrastructure built or ready for this type of of uh facility there's, there's there's no rail and there's no truck routes And look, I'm not, I don't wanna throw stones here. What I've heard that that their facility was gonna be was a LNG liquid tank facility. I didn't hear anything about it being containers.
0: You mentioned something about regional planning. And I I wonder, is this a winner takes all thing or is it possible that both of these facilities are gonna get built?
1: I really do not believe both facilities can be built. I really don't see that happening. I just don't, I don't see it happening, um, especially with the, the Hurricane Ida. Um, it really shed some light on the levy infrastructure down in Blackmans. I mean, where this terminal was going to go, it had to be visited by airboat, um, and I don't think I don't think the Corps of Engineer has an air appetite to build a three or four hundred million dollar levy around this port. I don't I don't you know I don't see that happening. Um, I just don't I I just and 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 to put it somewhere else in Plaquemines, I just think there's a lot of infrastructure that has to be done before it can be. Even, even looked at. Look, we're moving forward with opening up in Violet. As you know, we bought the property. Uh, we've got Corbin Engineer permits working. We are diligently working on getting the right facts out there. Um, I have, I have fifty employees from that work for me at the packaging plant and in the trucking world who question me personally. Jack, we don't want it down here if you're going to bring all these trucks on the roads. And six months ago, I took a stance and I told the port, our port people, we have to be open. We have to be get the dialogue going and show them how we're not going to bring these trucks and put them on Saint, on Judge Perez Drive and St. Bernard Highway. And look, we have made it a priority. We have a route. We can leave port property and get on a, a state road and get the road from Violet to Parish Road. And once you get to Parrish Road, you can get to the interstate system and do what you have to do. And it, it's TCI, where we're located now in the Ninth Ward. It's I'm I'm the same distance, either from Violet or from downtown New Orleans. Believe me, we'd rather go to Violet on this private road.
0: Right, right.
1: It, it's going to be the easiest thing. Yep.
0: All right. I've got two more questions for you. Yes, sir. One is, you know, you've been in this world of logistics uh, for for decades, the last two years have been full of challenges no one expected. Um, how has the pandemic changed everything for you? And have there been some efficiencies and some discoveries that you that you think will take away, take with this?
1: Well, it's funny. You, we, we've lost a lot of employees. I mean, we, we're down thirty five truck drivers from you know one hundred and thirty five to ninety is what we're at today. We're struggling to get those drivers back. Um, but it's amazing what the people who are working are carrying the load they're carrying today and who are thankful for their jobs today. You know, um, that that it's just, we're blessed with good workers. We're blessed with good people and everybody's pulling the weight of two as much as we can. Um, it's a shame. We can't hire more. We've got people trying to come in, but everybody's coming in for truck driving jobs. Don't have the experience. Right and insurance companies are not allowing that in my business you got to have you got to have experience so you know we're thinking about starting a truck driving school Uh, we're trying to figure out some kind of way that they can be experienced through through a school rather than uh, driving the streets so that's what we're trying to figure out now but it's just been a challenge uh, mainly labor mainly labor has been a challenge since pandemic and you know, look, we've been through two freezes in in west West Louisiana. We've had storms. We've, you know, it's been it's been it's been crazy times, man. It really has. Um, Ida Ida was not a thank goodness not a water event. It was a wind event, and we can deal with that. I can put tarps on my buildings to keep the products dry, but I couldn't. You can't fix floodwaters. Right. That that ruins everything. So, it's been it's been it's been a challenge to say the least.
0: All right, with that in mind, my last question, I. I ask the same question to everybody I talk to you right now, which is, you know, New Orleans hasn't been able to be New Orleans for almost two years, and so I think that's that's been shining a light on all the problems here. You know, everyone's like, we don't have festivals and concerts and restaurants uh, the way we used to, and so everyone's noticing the bad streets and the crime and the and the bad weather. Uh, I get the sense right now people are starting to feel optimistic and looking looking ahead, and especially looking toward next year. But as you as you think about everything we've been through the last two years. What makes you worried about this economy, and what what makes you optimistic still?
1: What makes me worry is number one, the inflation that is that is taking place right now and pretty much where inflation is going. Um, I got guys bringing their garbage. My New Orleans employees are bringing their garbage and throwing it in my dumpsters because they can't get garbage collection. right? That's pretty bad. I mean, I understand, look, I, I get it. I'm in a trucking business. They need truck drivers like I need truck drivers. And I understand the garbage collection is, is a bad deal, but quality of life. And that's that's got me that's got me worried more than anything. Two things worry me. If we don't get a container terminal opened up in the state of Louisiana, we will become what we were in the 80s, a break bulk port with two or three container ships a week call. And that's all we'll be. And but I'm optimistic about the leadership we have. I'm optimistic about it open up in Violet. Um, uh, I do feel like the governor's gonna come out and look, if, he, if he's if he got a choice of where he'd rather have it, I wish he would say it. It would save everybody a lot of time and energy if, if somebody would come out and say, this is where the new container terminal has to be. We have to grow this to be any sort of international port. We need a new terminal. We have to have a new terminal. And I'm optimistic that it's gonna be in Violet. Very, very strong.
0: Jack Jensen, thanks for sharing your expertise with us.
1: You're welcome. Enjoyed it. Um, call me if you have any questions, for sure.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media, at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.